Episode 29 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of AppAdvice.com, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net. Join us this week as we speed along to buy cakes from multi-language merchants on the App Store. How are you doing today, Brett? I'm doing pretty good. Looking forward to some buying some cakes and uh, speaking some languages. Yep, and you know, we're in the pretty much August, middle of August, dog days of summer period. So there's not the most Apple news. Of course, there's going to be various iPhone 8 rumors as we ramp up to September. But in the meantime, there's plenty of apps to use on your old broken down device that you're going to need a new one for in a month. So we'll start out with (laughs) iTranslate Converse, which iTranslate's been on the App Store for a while. They've released many different versions and updates, and it's all about quick translation. And iTranslate Converse might be their quickest yet. And it's really designed to be used in a direct conversation with someone who speaks a different language. So if you might travel to another country and you come across a person who doesn't speak much English at all, you should be able to use this app in real time. So you speak something, the app translates it and then speaks it aloud so the person listening could recognize what you said. And then they speak back into the device and it's translated back into English so you can hear what they said all in real time. Yeah, it's impressive how quick this thing is. It's super speedy for translating, and it writes it on the screen. So worst case, if for some reason they they don't understand what the the device is saying, even though it's pretty clear the sound that comes out of it, you can turn the device around and show them the written text in their language right on the screen. But I, most of all, I was just so impressive impressed with how quickly it not only recognized what I said into it, but how fast it did the translation and came back with what, obviously, I'm not entirely sure, but what seemed like an accurate translation of the text that I said. Yeah, I didn't have a example of someone speaking a different language to see how that would translate back into English, but I'm hoping that the English translation is pretty good because, like, I was just trying Spanish. I'm relatively familiar to say, okay, at least it when I ask where's the bathroom, it says donde está el baño. So I got that kind of idea, but I don't know if more complex things will be fully make sense to someone native in a different language. Right. Well, the one thing I did notice with the different uh, when it's speaking out the language, it's very varied of how robotic or how natural it sounds, depending on which language you select. So like I did French because that's what I took in school. And the male French speaker for uh, France French sounded almost a little robotic. But then you can choose Canadian French. And that was a female speaker and it sounded a little less robotic. But then if you went to other languages, it sounded much more natural, like it was a real person talking and not a computer kind of generating that voice. So I think the quality kind of varied. And I I assume that's whatever they're using for their underlying translation tool. But just to have 38 different languages in your pocket, if you're traveling, like, say you're going to multiple locations and you're doing, like, a nice tour of a bunch of different places, this would be, like, a perfect thing to have just available at any time. Granted, you need to have some sort of Wi-Fi or cellular connection, but to be able to have that, I don't know, that peace of mind that you're never going to be kind of stuck somewhere without being able to at least ask for a bathroom or ask for something that you need, 
that you can just go to this app and quickly get the translation. That's really nice. Yeah, I don't know how open other people would be to, you know, here, listen to my phone to translate what I'm about to say, but it's definitely better than not knowing or having anything at all at your disposal. Well, even if they weren't listening to your phone, you could at least point them to the text on the phone and you could say this, this or something, and they could see what you're trying to tell them. So uh, and the fact that it's so fast, you're not going to be having this person staring at you blankly while you're trying to, like, give them the information. It was super fast to translate it. And you'll have your your phrase almost instantaneously. Yep. And so that's I translate Converse. It's going to be a free download. It's universal. And then there's a pro version that removes ads and gives you unlimited translation. So that's and that's like a monthly service fee. Yeah. Do you know how much it was? Yeah. So for a month, it was four ninety nine for two months. It's nine ninety nine. And then you can just get an annual subscription for forty dollars. But you all any of those plans, you get a free seven day trial to check it out. And as long as you cancel the pro subscription within 24 hours, you just do that under the settings. Then uh, you pay nothing. Five dollars isn't too bad if you just like are going on a month trip and you might need this. Right, yeah, I would have it. I would do it just in case, just to have that that peace of mind and have it there just in case you need it. Yep, and so that's pretty much the new apps of the week, and that means we can transition over some new games. And the first one is Miracle Merchant. It comes from the makers of Card Crawl and Card Thief, with modern takes on Solitaire. And this one continues the idea, but offers a completely different way to play. And so for this game you need to create potions and to do so you have a, a four stacks of cards that are either red blue green or yellow and each person who comes in is going to ask for a specific potion where you need to use one of those colors ingredients and to create a potion you need to play four different cards so every single time you're going to have to at least put four cards into play it's merged together and then the customer goes on their way if you fulfilled their order and then based on what ingredients you combine together, you're going to rack up coins, and your goal is the overarching score of every single different potion that you make. And then you're given a set hand, so each stack has 13 cards in it, and then each of those stacks also has three black magic cards, which start with a negative score, and you need to overcome those with your positive scores from other ingredients to still make a positive potion that a customer might want. Right. And those the when you're putting those uh ingredients into your potion, the order in which the cards are, are lined up in your potion is important as well. So yep. you might drag one card in, but then that card might say if a yellow is to the right of it, I get extra points, or maybe even it helps if a black is to the left of it. So that's another way you can offset those those negative black magic cards is by playing them when you can offset their their negative value by putting them next to another card within your spell once cards go into your spell you can't reorder them so you got to think about it before you drag a card from a stack in the other thing is some of those customers that come up they're going to want a, a black magic card in there in their potion so you can't just try to get rid of these things as quickly as you can because there might be someone who needs one of those cards and now if you don't have that main ingredient that the person wants like say one of your stacks is completely empty or you don't have a black card that comes up 
then you're going to be able to build the potion. But immediately they say, you don't have an ingredient that I want. And then your turn's over and you don't win uh, that hand. And then also any of the daily goals that you may have unlocked do not unlock unless you win the hand that you're you're playing. So you always want to try to win, no matter if your score is low or high, you still want to try to win because you're unlocking all the different combination of cards you're making also unlocks potions. And then you have these other various goals that you're trying to complete or even just have the highest total ingredient hand in a single hand of four cards. That's another achievement you can get. And that's one of the leaderboard things you can go for is to have that four card combination. What's the highest number you're able to get with just four cards. So there's a lot of different things that will keep you coming back on the leaderboard. And then also just with those daily challenges of various card combos or goals that you're trying to reach while you're playing. Yeah, and you also have to be cognizant that you have a set number of customers. Since you have each stack of 13, that means it's a regular card deck where you have 52 cards to go through. And so that means you're going to have a set number of customers. And you do have the opportunity to kick one customer down, but they'll come back. So say you don't have a red right now, you have like a black magic on top. You might want to kick them down the road to later or if they need that black, you might want to also pass on them for now. But you only have the one per round that you're going to be able to go through. And then there's a set kind of, you play those 52 cards and that's it. You're done with that given game. It's more like Card Crawl than Card Thief, where Card Thief had more of a progression to a next world where there's a more complex deck. This is more like Card Crawl, where you have that one deck to play through. It might be updated in the future like their other games, but for now, that's all you have to play. You can either play the one mode, or you have a daily game where you have a set number of cards to compare your score to someone else. But those are the two ways to play right now. Yeah, just one quick correction. You can kick multiple people. You just you can't kick two people in a row, and there has to be two customers that you serve in between the last person you kick, or at least two customers. So you can keep on kicking people, but it could come back to, to kick you in the butt, no pun intended, because there have been a number of games where I've reached that last hand. You know what four cards you have left, or at least you know what colors you have in there. And if you see that, because you can see what the next customer wants as the required ingredient. So if you see that you have eight cards left and you're serving one customer and you're only got four cards left, if you know you don't have that required ingredient that last person needs then it doesn't matter you're not going to win you're going to lose the thing so you have to be careful that to kind of remember who you've kicked to make sure you hold a card in reserve of that type it does tell you at the bottom of the screen it tells you how many cards you have left in each one of your stacks and how many of those cards are black magic cards so you always have an indicator so you can kind of roughly know what's in the stacks you won't know the order of the cards but at least you know to try to plan ahead of how you're going to play your cards to never run into that situation hopefully where you can't service that very last customer because nothing's more painful to to play through the entire match you've got a great score going and then you know there's no possible way you can win or even keep that score because you're not going to service that last person right and really just this is a really good game no matter how you kind of slice it it's that game where you can just kind of set aside 
any amount of time. You just launch it up and you're right there playing. It can fit in while you're waiting in line or waiting at any type of setup. And then there's just so much strategy involved with every single hand that you play because each customer comes up and you can try to maximize coins at the start. Like, oh, I'm going to throw in all four red cards because that's what they want and then have them like in just the right order so they have the all kinds of bonuses racked up. But then you might need red cards later on and you burnt through four right in the first hand to maximize your coins. So completing the game and getting the best score, it's a really tough balancing act as you try to figure out things that can go together because each customer also has a secondary card. So say they want red and yellow and you put two reds and two yellows and you make sure that this red likes to be to the left of yellow and this yellow likes to be with any red that's on the board so you can really amp up your score. But again, it might come back to bite you just like kicking people down the road. Yeah, yeah. I, this is easily the game I played the most this week. I love this game. It it It's another great addition by Tiny Touch Tales. And I love that they went for like a really colorful artwork this time. It's not kind of gray and dreary like the first two titles were. Uh, but I love the art. I love the whole gameplay. It's a unique, fresh, uh, solitaire game. And it's definitely uh, highly recommended for me. And so that's Miracle Merchant. It's $1.99 and it's universal. And then there's Road Warriors, which is a fast-paced kind of combat-based racing game where all you have to do is focus on either getting boosts through flips or destroying enemies. So you start out in the very back. You're like 24th. And there's going to be four checkpoints on your way to the finish line. And you're trying to accelerate just as fast as you can. Your car drives automatically, and you tap the screen to jump up into the air. And you try to jump when you're going on an uphill to have that upwards trajectory so you have enough air time to do a flip. And then once you land a flip, you then have a big boost to go forward. And then you might start coming up on other enemies. And then there's a little crosshair. There's a bullet time slowdown effect. You tap on that and then you can start firing on an enemy, and then that also gives you a boost, and you can kind of combine them together for an ultra-powerful boost. You can also do double flips or triple flips if you have enough airtime. And then the courses kind of change. There's big loops and rocks that you have to deal with and all kinds of variations as you go. And then there's like that silly sausage and meat and meat land kind of risk-reward idea where you can choose to spend 100 coins to lock in a checkpoint, or you're like, I can make it to the next checkpoint. And so you can balance that too. Yeah, so this one for me, it looks so good on paper. Like you have that combat element, you have the ski safari flipping to land, and then you boost and you blast forward. But I just thought it felt so disjointed because of that whole bullet time tapping. So on the iPhone, the controls felt okay to me. Like I don't mind releasing one hand to go and tap on a car. But on an iPad, it just felt so awkward, especially if I have the iPad in my left hand, I release my right hand to go try to tap on things. Then you have the weight of the iPad all resting in one hand and just felt awkward. Not only that, but then everything is just so disorienting when it goes zooming straight in and then it goes into that slow motion and you're trying to tap the cars and eventually you'll blow it up but then it'll pan right back out but you might still have been tapping because you didn't know you were going to blow up the car with that last tap and then now all of a sudden now you've jumped and you started to flip and i don't know it just felt 
it didn't feel like a, a nice motion of a racing game. It felt like you were racing, then you kind of go into like this way too slow motion, zoom in, then you go back out to the racing. And I would have just rather had a much more straightforward racing game where maybe I'm tapping as I'm going, but not this whole weird zooming in thing that just breaks the flow of everything. I didn't notice that as much. My main problem was just that it was overly easy. I didn't have that many problems. Like there's times that you crash as just you might miss a rock or that little danger sign that pops up. But it seems like more often than not, you're just easily piloting through everything. And for me, that zoom idea, it helped you kind of take a break from the combat. Like you see that crosshair point up and you just tap it as soon as you can. And it kind of launches you forward because you do a little elevation into the action and that just kind of gave you a breather or let you readjust your hands or readjust your focus. So you never, there wasn't like these long stretches of danger because you could always freeze time. There's another enemy you can shoot on them. That's going to give you a boost so then you can blast through any rocks that might be in your way. So it just never amped up the difficulty because they give you that single daily race to play. And that's it. You've played that and that's all you can play for the day unless you watch a video ad to go back and play old past days. And it just never seemed to get to that level where, oh my god, this is a super tough game or even a super engaging and compelling game. You're just kind of going through the motions. There's high speed, but there's not high challenge to go with it. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And plus, it never gave you, did it ever give you an indicator of what place you were in? As far as, except for when you hit like those checkpoints, you never really knew where you were. You just kept on going until you saw another car in front of you or multiple cars, and then you just would tap and try to attack them. But you never really knew per se, like what place you were in. Like you start off in 24th place, but it, I, I don't remember seeing any kind of indicator that ever told you where you were. Not that it really mattered because you could basically easily get through this thing, but it would have been more interesting to me if I felt like there was that challenge there of, oh, I'm moving progress ahead or now people are ahead of me. Like maybe my car didn't land that 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 jump. So now a couple of cars got in front of me. But I never felt like it's a racing game. I never felt that pull for me to really kind of strive to go forward, if you know it, what I mean. Well, it shows your standings in the upper left corner. It's kind of like Horizon Chase, where you start in the back and you're just going to try to pass everybody. Mm -hmm. But even so, get... it didn't have the same Horizon Chase feel where in that game, when you pass someone, it feels like you accomplished something. This one, you kind of blow them up, but you don't really have the same kind of momentum gain or f feeling of accomplishment that you're actually making progress. Right, exactly. Well, th yeah, that's exactly what I mean, yeah. And so that's Road Warriors. It's free. It's universal. It has a lot of interesting things on paper, like you said, but the actual execution is somewhat lacking. Yep. And then there's Bring Me Cakes, which is a block sliding puzzle game where you are controlling Red Riding Hood and you need to collect cakes for Grandma. And so you simply slide your finger and Red Riding Hood goes in that direction until she collides with something, whether it's a tree, a rock, or falls in a lake. And you need to use that familiar mechanic to make your way through the forest, collect three cakes, and then reach the exit point. And then as you go, they're going to introduce things like the big bad wolves or various wolves that move 
as you slide. So you need to figure out how to send them away from Red Riding Hood as well as the cakes because they'll eat those as well. And so you need to kind of work your way through that familiar setup, but with a different familiar fairy tale theme. Yeah, what I like about this is the there's an added level of strategy because you can move red into a wall and the wolves will still move in the direction that you've kind of swiped if they're capable of moving that direction. So you can actually kind of clear out maybe a wolf or two ahead of time just by kind of guiding them into water or getting them into like a dead end. And then that allows you a little more freedom as you're moving about the level so that you're not going to run into these guys or they're not going to eat your cakes while you're trying to get all the cakes and then make it to the exit. And then as you progress through, there are other things that come into play. So like there's a hunter who you unlock and he goes and tries to hunt the wolves or there's bears also. And the bears will go and knock down these trees that are blocking your way that you won't be able to get by unless the bear runs into them first. So th they keep on layering on these new elements as you're playing through and then there's other worlds you can go into. So like there's one world where it's a, like a mining world. And so now on the ground, there'll be these openings where if you run in, if you slide into one of these openings, you'll just fall down into an endless mine shaft and then you have to start over. But it's, it's nice how they kind of slowly, just slow enough, introduce these new elements so that you get used to the base mechanics and then you can get a little more interesting, a little more interesting as they add in the new elements to make the puzzles a little more difficult as you start to progress through. Yeah, it plays similar to Slayaway Camp, just with a different theme and more of a expanded kind of grid but like you said they keep introducing new mechanics there's over 200 levels to play through and it's not even every 10 levels it's fewer than that that something new is introduced and then interestingly on the map it breaks off into a difficult route where you can play levels that are similar to setup but they're more challenging from the get-go in case the standard is ever too easy for you I'd love that because that gives you because you need to you need to pass by X number of levels. Well, you need to collect X number of cakes in order to then unlock these other worlds. So if you start to go down that, if you want that challenge, you start to go down the hard mode. Well, maybe you're making it through the hard levels, but you're not picking up cakes because maybe you accidentally knocked a wolf into a couple of your cakes and now you, can, you won't get those and you can't figure it out. Well, now you can go down that easy path and maybe knock out a few levels in there, collect the cakes you need to unlock another area, and then then continue through the hard if you want more of a challenge. But I like that you are given that option and it's not like you choose one or the other. You can just keep on going back and forth between the different easier hard levels as much as you want. You just go down the other path. And I thought that was a really unique and a very nice option they give you. Yep. And so that's Bring Me Cakes. It's $2.99 and it's universal. And then there's Pigeon Wings which is a lot like Alone, where it's a kind of high-speed 2D side-scrolling game. It's a little bit of a cave flyer. In this case, you simply tap the left side of the screen to accelerate, and then you tilt your device to move on the vertical scale so you can dodge various obstacles. The environment's going to shift, so you have to go up or down, and then there's going to be other planes that you can kind of get their tail drift on, and then there's going to be various obstacles, and then as you go, it's going to amp up but all built upon that kind of familiar, simple 2D side-scrolling action 
of fast-paced, kind of hardcore Twitch-based gaming that's going to amplify the speed as you go. Yeah, this was one I was surprised I liked as much as I did. I, I didn't know what to expect. And then I, I love that whole drafting mechanic. So that's basically how your pigeon gains his boost. He drafts off the other pigeons. You're in a race. You're trying to finish the level first. It's not endless. So there, there's individual levels. And the way you can gain more of that boost to try to improve your times is to hang out near the other pigeons and then just blast off just when your boost meter kind of fills up and then you get the maximized boost and then you learn the levels as you go. Odds are you're not going to pass a level the first try you do it because you don't necessarily know that a cave's coming. It does give you some warnings on when the caves kind of go up and down, up and down, then it'll kind of give you little arrows indicating of what that's going to look like. You still don't know exactly when they're coming, but you know what to expect. And then you have to quickly steer and maybe you didn't go high enough the first time. Well, the next run through, you know, you got to go higher. And so it's the the tilt controls are actually surprisingly responsive. And it's one of those where as soon as you die, you're like, I can do this. I can make it by this level. And you want to try it again and again. And it helps. That it's got these really cute graphics to go along with it. And I was surprised, like I said, how much I really actually enjoyed this game. Yeah, they could have easily made this into an endless game, but instead they give you 50 concrete levels and it's because you're going to die so often that you need to figure out kind of the path and the proper method through each of the given levels. As you go, there's a little bit of a shoot 'em up style where there's going to be all kinds of bullets to weave through and then you can even have like a subtle boss battle where you need to fire against the enemy as well as lasers blasting on you. So it's going to amp up in the action and again, you're going to die. You have to kind of get used to that and then just keep <laughs> getting ready for that high-speed Twitch-based reaction gaming. Yep. And so that's Pigeon Wings. It's $1.99 and it's universal. And then one last one I just want to mention is it's called Tumblestone, and it's a puzzle game. I've seen this game. It was at PAX East for three years in a row. A different One year it was nominated in the Indie Showcase. Another year it was in the mini booth. Then the next year it was in the mega booth. And so this one I've been seeing for years. And then finally, last year, it was released on Xbox. And it was a Games with Gold release, free to everyone on launch for like half the month. And my family got supremely addicted to this. Well, at least the multiplayer version of it. And basically the way the game works is you are, there's a whole like tower filled with various colored blocks and you have this little like laser beam that you're basically picking up one block at a time and you have to pick up three of the same color in a row and clear those out. And you're basically trying to clear out all the blocks. So it's an order of operations kind of puzzle game where you're figuring out what order can I remove these blocks in to kind of get rid of them all. But you have to make sure you're doing three of the same color in a row. And so in the multiplayer mode, you're in a race against each other. Unfortunately, the iOS version does not have the multiplayer, which is probably the best mode yet, but it is coming. What you get in the in the iOS version is you get the whole story mode, which is an insane amount of content. And that's kind of level-based, and you're going through, and there's a bunch of different characters in the game, and you're going through each one of their stories. So you're playing through each of these levels and 
what they do is with each of these worlds, they introduce a little modifier. So maybe in the first world, you have that standard block where you're grabbing blocks and matching them. But then they have these other blocks, which uh, kind of get in the way and disappear every other time you select a block. So you have to time your pickups to where you have you are able to access all the columns. And then maybe later on they'll have other ones, other modifiers where you, when you shoot at a block, you don't pick up the block that's on the bottom. You actually pick up the second block in the in the the stack. So you start to learn all these various things. Or there's other ones where there's wild card blocks. So there, it keeps on getting different. They do a nice job of switching up that basic gameplay. But in the end, it's always about figuring out the order of operations. You're always trying to figure out what, how do I have to remove these? And you might get down to the last few blocks and then realize you have to match three blo three yellow blocks, but that last yellow block is inaccessible. So you have to start all over again. But it's a really nice little brain puzzling game where you're trying to figure out all this out and beyond that story mode there's a whole arcade mode where they have three different modes kind of like a zen version one where you're under the gun blocks are dropping if they hit the bottom of the screen then uh you're game over and then finally another mode where it's like an infinite see how long you can last uh go and see how many blocks you can remove total but it's it's a it's a fun puzzle game if you like like those kind of order of operation puzzles, I think you're really going to enjoy this one. So you have to figure out the proper sequence to remove everything. If you grab two blues and then you can't get a third blue, does it send them back up into the puzzle or you just burnt those no. and it's no, going to mess you, you up later? No, so it'll it knows it's smart enough to know that you've blown it. So as soon as you go and try to pick up third block, it's going to blow up and then it's going to force you to restart. It'll also put a little message up on the screen that tells you to restart. Uh, okay. And so it will just reset the level. The one thing, this is a free to play game. So the way they monetize it is in the story mode, you start off with 10 lives and it's kind of, uh, so every time you fail, you lose a life. And if you have to restart a level, you lose a life. They do regenerate over time, but they take a long time to regenerate. Like I think maybe 10 minutes to regenerate one life. So if you hit a particularly hard level, you are going to blow through those lives super fast because what happens is that story mode, every 20th level is one where you have to solve four puzzles all in a row. And if you fail on any one of those puzzles, you have to start all the way over from the beginning. So it gets a little frustrating with that energy meter, but you can watch a video to uh, gain like three lives at a time, but still you're going to burn through those three. So that was a little frustrating, especially coming from the Xbox where it was like a paid game where you pay once and then uh, you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. But I understand why they did it on mobile this way. And then in the arcade mode, they don't have a energy meter, but they'll have occasional ads that play after you each try when you're trying in arcade mode. Uh, and then you can pay to remove the ads. You can pay a 99 cents to refill your meter, which seems kind of high uh, that someone could end up burning through a lot of money if that way. But um 
it is what it is. I mean, that's the nature of free to play. So uh, I would have preferred maybe a paid game, but I understand why they're trying the free to play model for mobile, uh, especially where it's their last platform that they're coming on to. But uh, it, I'm just happy to finally see it. My kids were thrilled to see this come out on iPad so uh, or iPhone or iPad. They have it on their iPod touches. Uh, the only thing now that I really hope comes, which I understand it's in development, is that multiplayer because that is the most fun. Yeah, the, that sounds like the most appealing aspect. And then when you're playing the single player mode, are the levels time based or is that just an arcade mode? No, like you can so, take as long uh, well, as you want. Uh, there are you can take as long as you want for most of them. You'll hit uh, certain points within the the campaign mode where I think it's like at level ten there's a lock, at level twenty, and then it might be at level thirty or forty. There's forty per each one of these worlds. Oh no, it's thirty for each one of these worlds. So I think it's at ten, twenty, and thirty. And I think at the number ten one, if you start taking too long, things start to come down. So you have to work fast. Same with level 20 when there's four of those puzzles you have to solve all in a row. The levels are moving down as you're going. It's almost like the arcade mode, like the, the heartbeat mode where everything's constantly moving and you have to work fast. Otherwise, the most of the levels are just take your time and figure it out. Uh, it's only on those certain like 10, 20, 30 ones that you have that timer that forces you to work fast. Okay, so that's Tumblestone, it's free, it's universal, and I think that's everything for episode 29. Yep, that's all I got. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.